What up, what up, what up? Got a bunch of NFL exciting topics today. Was busy with work the last few days. Happy to be back here on the pod with y'all. Um, Want to just go over some of the recent Rodgers news as well as updates on the Kyler and Cardinals situation and that clown show going on. Seems like there's more news, bad news coming out of there every week. Um, new news on the Watson appeal. Sounds like the NFL is going to try to do the right thing, whether that's Goodell or he appoints someone uh, that he chooses to do the right thing. Looks like they're going for about a year. Um, and going to finish up with Kareem Hunt and his recent trade request from the Browns. And we'll quickly at the end go through my uh, QB tier list. Uh, we'll have elite quarterbacks, special quarterbacks, above average, average, below average, and my favorite category, the get out of here category. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, starting off with the Rodgers thing. Um, news came out. He uses basically a psychedelic substance to get his mind right and be prepared to play the quarterback position and overall just live his life. So, of course, this is a story because it's Aaron Rodgers, right? If it's somebody else, it doesn't really hang around as a story. He <laughs> he always seems to keep himself relevant in the news. We had like reports of him this past offseason basically going in the woods for like nearly two weeks and basically living off nothing and fasting and... Um, you know, going to the bathroom wherever he wants and, you know, stuff like that uh, with his girlfriend, Blue. Um, so it doesn't surprise me Rogers in the news again. A lot of outcry about saying how ridiculous this is. I've heard some people say it should be illegal, um, you know, all this stuff. And I don't know. I had a couple of days to reflect on this. And here's my take. I think, you know, if Rogers, you know, he's in a highly stressful position, NFL quarterback, if he chooses to do these substances on his off time, if that's what he feels he has to do to get his psyche right to basically do his job, I got no problem with it, right? Everybody's got a substance they use, every single person, right? Some are good, some are bad, some are awful, some are great. And, you know, while society defines usually what's good, what's bad, what's acceptable, what's not, um, I think in this case, honestly, for him in his position, I don't see it as a huge deal, right? He's not a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, somebody in a position that, yes, could change lives with his position for sure, but ultimately, he's playing a game. He's getting his mind right to play a game, and if he feels he has to do that, I got no problem with it. Um, you know, like I said, he's not a lawyer that shows up to his client's meeting on psychedelics out of his mind and gets a terrible sentence for somebody. He's not a doctor who shows up on psychedelics and makes a mistake that hurts a patient. Um, so I don't know. That's my two cents on it. I'm not here supporting saying that everybody should do it, obviously, but if he feels he has to do it to get his mind right, and like I said, this might have been a one-time or a couple-of-time thing while he was off-season in the woods doing his own thing, whatever. I doubt that he's doing these before games or doing these before he has to go speak with media or speak with kids. Like, whatever you want to do on your own time, it's America. You can do what you want. But, I don't know. Kind of a non-story for me. I think the only reason it's in the news is just because it is Aaron Rodgers, and we love to talk about his off-the-field stuff. Obviously, there's the stuff with his family, um, who he's dating, all that stuff. He's, you know, the family thing, I, I don't know all the details, and I've seen, like, multiple reports. I, I just don't even know what's true. 
about his family situation. Um, it just seems to me like he's estranged from his family and kind of pulled ties away from them. And and this is you know happened years and years ago, but um, that's the thing that's a little weird to me, right? Um, I don't know to be pulling away from your family like that. Who knows what actually happened? I'm not here to speculate. Well, I guess I kind of am, but <laughs> that's the, that's the thing that seems weird to me, right? Super famous guy um, impacts the lives of kids and fans and everyone in America, and you know for whatever reason, maybe it's his fault, maybe it's his family's fault, whatever. Just can't seem to get it right with his family. Um, but that's really all I want to say on Rodgers. I got no problem with the psychedelics in the offseason and doing what he needs to do to come back right to try to win a third MVP. Um, like I said, he's not, he is in a position of power that affects people, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, it's a game. And he has to do what he feels right, you know, to get ready for those games. And, you know, you'd like to think that he wouldn't do that in drive or do that in something stupid that could potentially hurt someone. Um, but nonetheless... I think this is only really a story because it's Aaron Rodgers, and I, honestly, I just want to get this out of the way because I hate every offseason we always talk about Rodgers. I just hate it. <laughs> he's he's good. We get it. He's one of the best. Um, I'm just out until he wins basically a playoff game. <laughs> he's had like back-to-back 13-win seasons, back-to-back MVPs, always a heavy favorite going into the playoffs, always getting a bye week, and then to lose last year to a team that didn't score an offensive touchdown when you're a back-to-back reigning MVP, number one seed, it's just so embarrassing. So embarrassing to me. So uh, whatever he needs to do to get back to basically his Super Bowl self, which seems like literally a lifetime ago um, when that happened, um, you know, I got no problem with it. New news coming out of the Watson situation. Looks like NFL pretty quickly right after the initial, you know, sentencing, um, of, of six games and uh, came out and basically said, you know, Roger, someone he appoints is going to appeal this and looking for a whole year. Suspension is what I heard and potentially a hefty fine. Um, I had heard originally the NFL kind of basically tried to settle this in a way with Watson and his camp and recommend or suggest 12 game suspension with like $10 million in fines um, for Watson and also potentially like training I guess you could call it, um, basically to help him basically get better because what he's doing is definitely a problem, right? There's no way that 24 coincidences came came together and made up the story. What he's doing is behavior that's clearly a character flaw, clearly something within him that's driving him to do this. And like many other things in society, when people have issues like this, it doesn't just go away. Like You need to learn more about both sides of the issue. You need to get training, get help um, for any of these issues. So I think that was a big swing and a miss by the original, um, you know, by Sue's ruling, the six games, and basically no fines and no education, no training, no personal help uh, courses, if you will, to go through for him to kind of help correct his behavior and basically keep everybody around him safe um, is the way I view it. But looks like the NFL pretty quickly, like the the, the uh, original thing dropped, and then the Dolphins scandal dropped, and then like the day after, they came out and said that they're going to try to appeal this. So, again, I think the NFL is doing the right thing in the sense of six games is not enough. Um, again, they're acting on public outcry rather than getting it right the first time. But this wasn't really their fault for getting wrong the first time, right? They listened to everybody, the fans, the players, and got an independent arbitrator 
to make the decision, which is what everybody wanted, so someone else could get it right, basically. So the NFL couldn't have their hands on it and couldn't mess it up. So the NFL listened, and they did that, right? Well, we didn't anticipate that <laughs> the independent arbitrator, the you know, the judge, the third-party judge, would also get it wrong, right? And there's multiple layers to this, right? Did the judge really get it wrong? Did she? I, I, you really can't argue, honestly, that she did, right? Like the optics and socially, it looks terribly wrong, and I agree, it should have been more, but it's not her fault. She's a judge. She's going off prior rulings, prior convictions, prior law, just like other judges do in all other cases. I mean, you've all watched TV, right? Everybody references other past precedents or cases to make their ruling or to try to influence the decision. So I'm reading her report, and there's multiple things she says that are unprecedented, never been seen, never been done by an NFL player that Deshaun Watson did that are both dangerous to himself and dangerous to everyone around him on multiple levels. And you see that and you're like, man, this is going to be like a year or indefinite or something huge. And then you look and it's only six games and you're like, how? Right? Well, from the judge perspective, she can't just make, I mean, she could, but, you know, it's not really how the legal system operates, how judges operate. They don't make all these, you know, unprecedented decisions all the time, right? They're going off past cases, past precedents. And she's looking and seeing other egregious acts in the past getting no penalty. Or two games, or four games, like nothing, right? The the PEDs and that kind of stuff is one thing, but these like you know harassment issues, other you know dangerous situations, dangerous behavior issues, in the past have not been heavily penalized. So from what she had known and the information she had in front of her, yes, she deemed the acts as unprecedented and terrible and the worst we've ever seen. So she gave out basically the worst penalty we've ever seen. <laughs> which is six games. So everyone's, you know, saying, oh, she didn't get it right. I think she did get it right with the, you know, evidence she had in front of her and, the and you know, the past rulings and stuff we talked about. Um, you know, it's not her job to basically set some giant ruling that the NFL has never laid forth before. She has to play within the rules of the NFL's history and NFL system, just like judges on an everyday basis play within the rules of the judiciary system. So... Ultimately, I know that's a portion of it that's been highly talked about um, just because the NFL had been pushed for so many years to get this done with a third-party judge. Um, and it really blew up in their face, not because of who they picked, not because of the judge. It's because of the ruling based on the past evidence and past sentences the NFL has laid down for this behavior. So I think that's an aspect that you really have to consider in this situation um, the other the other portion of this is now the NFL has to do what they basically stated they were not going to do anymore, <laughs> which is make the ruling themselves. Um, so whether uh, you know Roger wants to be the bad guy or basically he's going to appoint someone to be Roger 2.0 in this situation to basically do whatever he says, um, which is how it always used to be before this sort of new CBA third party agreement uh, for these decisions. So ultimately we're back to square one, <laughs> right? We're back to square one. You know, Roger is deciding what to do. So, you know, I hear they're pushing for a game, heavy fines, you know, education and training, which all I think is, you know, very appropriate. Very, very appropriate. I know a lot of players are upset. Former president past players are upset just because this is the whole thing they were trying to avoid. 
to keep Roger out of it and, you know, basically get a fair ruling. Um, unfortunately, I think this is what has to happen now, right? Um, regardless of what you think of the situation, if you're a player, a fan, or someone in an organization, this is what has to happen. You had the rules set forth. It kind of flopped and floundered, which, again, I don't blame the judge for. She was ruling within the past presidents of the NFL. And now we have the situation that has received so much public outcry that the NFL and Roger Goodell have no choice but to make a heavy ruling on Deshaun Watson. So I'll be following this situation closely over the next couple of weeks. Who knows how fast a decision will be made? I'm not really sure. Sounds like Deshaun Watson's camp still believes he's 100% innocent, um, which honestly I think they should just meet and reevaluate as a legal team with Deshaun Watson and just say, look, like this whole I'm innocent act, I don't need training, like I don't need education, I'm totally innocent, I didn't do anything wrong when there's 24 women. It's just like, dude, get together and reevaluate and make a statement. Like, just admit some fault and admit that you'll get better and this will probably play out better for you in the end i think it really will just because <laughs> it's like, honestly that would have been my strategy from the beginning uh if i were him just admit to some fault pledge to get better and basically just go on hands and knees and ask society to forgive you and you know try to get better through education but he took a firm stance and people don't like that and i think he's going to get a ultimately harsher penalty now from the NFL because of it more so in fines um, and games so you know and I also think it's important that he gets mandatory education or classes or courses again not only for the safety of himself but more importantly for the safety of everyone that has to work around him especially in Cleveland so um, we'll see how the situation plays out I don't know how long it's going to take whether it's going to be a couple of days it'll probably go a couple of weeks but we don't have a lot of time right the NFL season is coming up we just had the Hall of Fame game, Raiders smoking the Jags. Um, so this has to happen pretty soon. So we'll see how this all plays out for them. Um, I'm excited to see it as well. Moving on to Kareem Hunt. You know, famous, uh, at least in the fantasy world, for a couple of years back with the Chiefs and had that whole, you know, off the field thing happen. Basically got released slash traded to the Browns and has been probably the best running back duo in the past couple of years with bell cow Nick Chubb and mostly third down back Kareem Hunt. Um, a dangerous, formidable duo in the backfield there in Cleveland. And Kareem Hunt, you know, basically saying, hey, I haven't been playing on that big of a deal, but I've been producing. I need a new deal with you, Cleveland. I want to stay, but I need my money. And I think in the past, Cleveland would have absolutely paid. But now Cleveland's kind of almost turning into a real NFL franchise where they now have players that they're paying a ton of money to, which ultimately in the past <laughs> they didn't really have like some of these other better teams. So now they're kind of entering the realm where, hey, this thing is hard. You can't just shell out money like the Jags for Christian Kirk or the Texans have in the past. You can't just shell out money, overpay these players just to get them to come um, because if you do start to get a little bit good or you start to get a, you know, a few big of these contracts for these players – you got to start making some tough decisions, just like every other competent NFL team. So now I think the Browns with the Watson contract and some other big stars they're paying on their roster now have to make these tough decisions. And I just don't think they can fiscally meet what Kareem Hunt is worth slash is asking for. Now the other aspect of this is, do we think Kareem Hunt is worth it? How many years does he have left in his career? Is he a starting running back or is he uh, you know, a couple of downs, a game and situational offense running back? heard a lot of opinions on this. 
I personally think, you know, personal feelings of the player and off-field issues aside, I think he's a really good NFL running back. I really do. Um, I'm interested to see the actual figures that he wants in this deal and what he'll actually receive sort of on the open market. Um, you know, but I think he's worth more than people think of him right now. Um, he could go to a team and really potentially, I don't know, be a bell cow, but get a large line share of carries and ultimately, you know, be a really good player. And I don't know, in terms of destinations, it's really hard for a running back, right? Because these days, you know, some teams have bell cow running backs, but a lot of teams run multi running back systems. Um, so we're, we're kind of out of the era of days where, you know, a team doesn't have a bell cow running back and then there's obvious destinations to get a bell cow running back to. Um, just because teams have different philosophies, teams have different styles, and it's really tough to tell if, you know, maybe a good team has injury concerns or maybe they just want to bolster up their backfield with another dynamic playmaker and they just go out and overspend. Um, maybe a terrible team doesn't have any running backs and they just go blow a huge contract on Kareem Hunt. So if I had to guess, I think Kareem Hunt finds his way back to a contender on a yet yeah, on a Kareem Hunt friendly deal, but ultimately, um, you know, a team that basically needs a spark plug down the stretch of the season on a player who can impact third down and a player who can basically score touchdowns. Because when he's at his best, he can score touchdowns. He's a good running back. So um, ultimately, I think he finds his way to a contender. I don't know where, man. Like maybe, maybe like Buffalo or. You know, someplace like that. Um, maybe he even goes back to Kansas City. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I don't know. This, this for some reason, has Tampa Bay written all over it to me. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> so um, don't be surprised if he goes to Tampa Bay um, with Brady and company and Lenny. Um, that really wouldn't surprise me. So I guess I'll go Bucks if I had to pick a team right now uh, for Kareem Hunt to go to. Um, again, Browns really starting to feel what it's like to, you know, they have all this future money on the board. They're already paying some players huge contracts. They really have to step into competency and start making these hard financial decisions. And I think this is honestly the first of many. So we'll see if maybe, you know, they end up, now that he put the trade request in basically, to, um, you know, see if the Browns can work it out at all. But that's highly unlikely. I'm sure they've been trying to do that all off season. So now uh, we just have to basically see what you know what trade partner can occur for Cleveland, and honestly, again, this that situation that we always see in the NFL, well, mainly in the NBA, but in the NFL too, when people request trades like this after being frustrated without getting a contract, without you know weeks of without progress in the contract, um, financially speaking, locking down a long deal, you launch that he has a trade request. Now you know he's not happy, and boom, Browns lose leverage. So the best teams that do this kind of thing trade the player before it's even a story. They do. They either lock up the player or they trade him before it's even a story. They don't sit around for weeks and force the player to have it, you know, put in a trade request or force this to get public and then lose all leverage in a deal. So interesting to see what they'll actually get in return for something like this. I mean, I suspect a mid to late round draft pick maybe a player, but I really doubt it just because of the nature of the running back position. I just see probably going for a pick, uh, maybe like a fourth round pick. Um, but either way, if he goes to a championship contending team, uh, he can make a real impact if healthy. So 
I think it could be potentially a big steal for any team that's looking to win a championship, especially now that the Browns have let this get public and let this drag on and basically lost a lot of their leverage that they may have had um, earlier you know, in the offseason. Switching over to the Cardinals, it's our weekly clown show update. Kyler Murray, I mean, that situation you know, has lost a little bit of steam, but ultimately it's just going to pick back up as soon as we start playing football. As soon as he has a bad game, throws a pick, does anything negative, we talked about it before. Everyone's going to say, oh, he doesn't watch film. He would have been ready if he didn't watch, or if he watched more film, he would have been ready. He would have seen that linebacker over there in the hook zone. Um, he wouldn't have thrown it into double coverage. You know, he would have read that coverage better, stuff like that. Um, he would have seen the stun up front that they did last year against them. All that stuff. And honestly, yeah, part of me feels bad uh, for always crapping on him and knowing that he's going to get that, but ultimately at the end of the day, he brought that on himself. He really did. He brought that on himself. The way, you know, the way him and the Cardinals handled this whole situation, demanding to be paid early when he didn't have to be paid, demanding to be paid when, yes, he's a dynamic player, but his resume does not speak for himself. You saw him in the playoffs last year. That was one of the single worst playoff games performed by any individual player that I've ever seen in my entire life. It looked like he was trying to seriously get out of the game early to go home and play double XP COD. Seriously. It, it's it's ridiculous. That was so bad. I just don't know how in good conscience you can give a guy a mega deal after injuries, after character issues, and after that playoff performance just because he's basically, you know, basically holding you at gunpoint. Um, I think it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. So, again, I don't see that situation getting any better. And ultimately, I see a coach getting fired or a quarterback divorce sooner rather than later. I'm not saying next week, but in the next couple of years. I just don't see him being on the Cardinals for a decade. Um, just given everything that's happened and everything that's come to the spotlight, basically, over this offseason. But I wanted to touch on the Cardinals mainly because they have a lot of other issues going on, right? Um, there's the issue, right? We have Hopkins still suspended for six games, PEDs. Um, recent news, Hollywood Brown doing his best Antonio Brown impersonation, going 126 miles per hour. I'm sure he's in a nice new car with his money. Um, just testing it out, I get it. But going, you know, basically speeding criminally um, over 85 miles an hour, going 126 miles an hour. I don't think he was under the influence of any sort. Uh, I've read reports that he was on his way to the practice facility. Um, look, I get it. Like, new money, new toy. You want to push it fast. We've all been in nice car, you know, nicer cars. Maybe not that kind of car, um, but nice cars, and we push the speed limit, and it, you know, doesn't even feel like you're going that fast. You can go 80, 90 miles an hour, and it doesn't even feel like you're going that fast if your car is nice enough. But 126, you know, maybe I'm just not affluent enough, uh, not fortunate enough to drive in that nice of a car where it still feels you're not going that fast. But to the majority of the public, that's fast. <laughs> okay, that's that's dangerously fast. Um, so not a good look for uh, Hollywood Brown. Um, not a good look for the Cardinals. Again, max penalty would be some jail time and a fine. He's not going to get any jail time. It's, it's, he's an NFL player. He won't. Um, minimum penalty is basically this gets dropped for nothing or it's a small fine or like a driver's, basically a driver's ed class. Um, so I really doubt anything comes of this, but just another story to add to the Cardinals, you know, 
debacle that is this offseason and really just showing how incompetent overall they are as a franchise. And even adding to that, for an incident earlier in May, the running back coach, um, I think his name is James Saxon, um, is told basically a couple of days ago to go on administrative leave. He won't be coaching for the foreseeable future as other assistants are filling his role in light of an incident that happened in May. I believe it was at a Costco uh, for domestic assault or domestic um, issue at a Costco, um, which is just crazy, right? That in itself, no place for that, obviously. But Costco? Costco, man? How are you getting mad at Costco? Costco is the best place on earth. <laughs> they got everything you need there, man, including free samples. I mean, that place rules. Anybody that shops at Costco knows what I'm talking about. It's the best place on earth, man. Um, <laughs> all jokes aside, um, terrible look for the Cardinals, terrible look for James Saxon. Um, you know, just crazy stuff. Um, I'm sure there'll be more updates next week on the Kyler situation and probably something else someone did in the Cardinals organization to show their hand of incompetence. And I'm here for it. So <laughs> more Cardinals news to come. I'm sure they'll mess something up in the future, but really just any Super Bowl window that they had with a young Kyler without a contract and getting D-Hop and J.J. Watt and all this stuff is basically done. They have no shot of being a contender. None. They're going to be the third best team in that division. From paying all these people, from doing all this stuff, from making all this noise, they're going to be the third best team in that division. And that's just because Seattle doesn't have Russell Wilson, that they're not potentially even worse. If Trey Lance is just all right, the Niners will be better. The Rams will be better. They're looking at not even making the playoffs. So, just terrible stuff. And really just trying to, it seems like, relegate themselves down to the bottom barrels of franchises. I don't know if they're trying to move to Jacksonville or, you know, Houston or Cleveland or what. But, um, really sad stuff for the Cardinals. Gonna finish the show. Um, actually, it was originally a mailbag question. Uh, somebody had... Uh, basically fan mailed me in on Instagram and said, hey, um, you know, really enjoying the pod so far. Which quarterbacks do you see as the best, average, and the worst? And it kind of gave me this idea to do a quarterback tier system. Um, so like I mentioned earlier in the show, I have an elite category, which is just the best of the best, um, a special category, an above average, an average, a below average, and a get out of town or a get out of here category. Um, so we'll start with the elite quarterbacks. So I don't throw around the word elite. Um, to me, that means not only are you uniquely special, that means you've done it on a high level and you've proven yourself to a degree where I put you above the special category. Whereas the special category is like, hey, you know, you're super special. Um, you know, I think you can be elite. Some people say you're elite, but you're just not those that, you know, one of the top elite guys. So Really strict categories for the top two, at least. Um, I'm sure some controversy from these picks, as you hear them in a minute. Um, but it's, it's tough to get into you know into club superstar up at the top elite club. So here's five at the top right now in no particular order. Um, I got Brady in that category. It goes without saying. Um, Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Rodgers. That's it. I'm not making this a 7, 8, 9 team category or player category. Um, obviously Brady speaks for himself. He's basically MVP candidate at his age at this number of seasons, like every year, it seems post Patriots era. And he's still 
on a contender, can still win another ring, and he's already got freaking seven. I don't know what more you want from him. He's the best QB to ever live. He's still an elite player. He has elite weapons. He's going to have an elite season. That's Tom Brady. Mahomes may have a down year losing Tyreek Hill, but ultimately he's still Patrick Mahomes. We all think he's some veteran old quarterback, it feels like now, because he's done so much in so few years. Obviously not a rookie anymore and now has a deal, but hasn't been in the league all that long. When you look at the landscape of quarterbacks, but he's accomplished almost more than anyone in that amount of time since entering the league. So obvious pick there. Josh Allen, you know, um, honestly, this is mainly for physical attributes that just no one else has. He has one of the best arms in the league. He's big, runs like a running back. He can truck linebackers. He's on a good team. Um, he's going to be a Super Bowl contender this year and for years to come. And ultimately, he's everything you're looking for in a quarterback. Didn't even go, you know, top quarterback in his draft. He's out of Wyoming. It's everything you're looking for in an elite prospect, an elite quarterback. And they did a good job into develop, developing him into such in Buffalo. Um, you know, and fourth, Rodgers. <laughs> this one pains me a little bit. I really wanted to put him below. Um, <laughs> I really did. Um, but personal feelings aside, you look at the numbers, back-to-back MVP, back-to-back number one seeds. He has a Super Bowl ring. Um, he's still playing at an extremely high level. I do think he takes a step back without Devontae. But as we sit here today, he's in the elite category, and you just really can't argue it at this point. Uh, personal feelings aside, you really just can't argue that he's in the elite category. Um, moving down to the special category, uh, I have six QBs in this category. And this is where the controversy may begin. <laughs> I already I released this list to some of my friends, and I already got a ton of flack um, for this category and saying, you know, how so and so not in the elite category, blah blah, blah all that stuff. Um, well, it's my list, okay? So <laughs> I get to make the calls up here. Uh, you want to, you know, make your own list and tell everybody about it. That's your prerogative. But this is my list. And special list I have: Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Matt Stafford, Derek Carr. <laughs> um, so Russell Wilson, many would argue, be in the elite category. Um, and I, you could certainly make that argument. I, can, I, I don't know if I could really fault you for it. But um, he's got the Super Bowl. Uh, he has never had an MVP. He's never ever been close to an MVP. Um, he's had a lot of wins with Seattle. But he's on a new team. Who knows how that's going to go for him? Can he actually be a contender in that tough division with Denver? Again, I think he's a unique, special quarterback that anyone would love to have on their team um, as their leader. He does everything right off the field, but I don't think I can put him with the Mahomes, the Allens, the Rodgers, the Bradys. I honestly can't. Um, look at Joe Burrow. Uh, same deal. Too young. I just, I you know, injuries concern me. I think he has a lot to prove. Last year was a Cinderella year. And if he can, you know, do it again this year, I would consider bumping him up to elite, uh, taking the Bengals team all the way. And, you know, he did have a lot of weapons. They have one of the best arsenals of weapons in the league, um, even though their offensive line is trash. Uh, I really like Joe Burrow personally. And if this was like a, you know, a fanboy list or, you know, the people I just like personally the best, I would just put him in the elite category because I really like him and I really like watching him play. But I'm trying to be objective and... I think I just need to see a little bit more, but he is definitely special, and I would love to have him on my team. Um, sort of the same deal with Justin Herbert. I put him a, a smidge behind Joe Burrow in the sense that, yeah, he's tall. He's got the arm. He has weapons now. He's going to be poised to be an elite quarterback in the future. I think he's special, 
right now. I do. I think his traits make him special. I just don't. I haven't seen enough to make him elite right now. That doesn't mean I would necessarily take, you know, Rodgers on my team since he's elite right now over Justin Herbert. This isn't really what the list is about, right? Like, obviously, Justin Herbert has an entire career ahead of him. It would be foolish to take Rodgers on your team for a couple of years, maybe who knows how even long he plays over someone who's young, talented, healthy in Justin Herbert with potential superstar talent um, to be in the elite club. So um, right now, I just have him in the special club. Lamar Jackson, he's special. I don't care what anybody says. It's unorthodox. You know, postseason to be desired, but he's got an MVP. He's got great stats. He needs to develop as a pocket passer. He doesn't have the best offensive weapons around him, but I think now that he's healthy and the Ravens are healthy, he'll be having a bounce back year this year and, and have a really good year for the Ravens. He's still a special player and a special quarterback, and he deserves to be in the special category, even though he doesn't play like some of these other guys play. And the last two, um, I caught some flack about, mostly for one, which I'm sure you can guess, but um, Matt Stafford, he put up numbers in Detroit, coming out as a top pick of the draft, Played all those years in Detroit and still put up numbers. Um, he's now responsible for two of the best wide receiver seasons of all time in Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup, and that can't go you know unnoticed. First year with LA, had a little bad stretch, a couple of games at the end of the year um, after having a good season, but then picked it up in the postseason and really didn't miss a beat and really played very, very well for them. He's not just a game manager. He has a lot of arm talent, can make a lot of cool throws. He kind of did the no-look stuff before it was cool <laughs> because it was in Detroit and nobody cared. <laughs> so I got a lot of respect for Matt Stafford. I'm really happy that he got his ring and happy that he has potential to get more and really try to boost himself into Hall of Fame caliber QB stuff because his stats are there uh, in terms of putting out numbers. And I think he has a chance in these next couple of years. And who knows how long he could play, right? He's still, I mean, he's older, but he's not Brady old, right? Um, he could have another, you know, eight years left if he really wants to play that long. So um, really excited to see what the Rams can do again this year. And then Derek Carr. <laughs> Obviously, I got a lot of crap for Derek Carr in here uh, in the special quarterbacks. Uh, he probably should be in the above-average quarterback category. This is <laughs> I tried to remove bias, but uh, couldn't really help it. I think he's special, and I think this year everyone's going to see how special he is. He finally has weapons. Um, he's been up and down in the past, but it's the freaking Raiders, dude. How can you not be up and down? From the top down, management down, they've had issues on and off the field like no other team last year. And they still were a playoff team. They still went head-to-head -head with Justin Herbert and beat them. Um, I think Derek, I think he deserves to be in this category, and I think this year everyone's going to eat some crow and see why. Um, not saying he's going to be, you know, number one seed Raiders MVP, although Dark Horse MVP, I stick with it. Stick with it. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick if you have some money out there to throw. Derek Carr, Dark Horse MVP. But... Nonetheless, uh, that's all I'll say there. Uh, that rounds out the special category. Lamar Jackson, Russell, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert. Uh, moving to the above average category, I have Deshaun Watson, um, which say what you want, uh, but from what we saw from him, he's an above average quarterback. I try to put the personal feelings aside. The reason he's not in the special category um, is because, you know, um, he's had injury concerns, and also we haven't seen him for the past two years, so who knows if he's still that special quarterback. He could certainly propel himself, depending on how a suspension works out, into a higher category, but for right now, I'm not giving him anything other than above average, and I think that's more than fair. Um, Kyler Murray, above average. 
again, um, people saying he should be in the special category. I, I disagree. Um, you know, he's got a good arm. He can run. He's got injury concerns, character concerns, and we've seen him in the playoffs, and he can do absolutely jack. He looked terrible. He looked like a peewee football player, no pun intended, out there in the playoffs last year. So I got to see more. He could certainly propel himself up, but for right now, he's above average. Um, I wouldn't want him on my team personally, but there's a ton of teams in the NFL that would. Um, Dak Prescott, this one pains me, but he's an above average quarterback. Coming out as a fourth round pick, that's a draft steal, great value, and, you know, has underwhelmed in the playoffs and made some mistakes as we saw last year. But ultimately, I think a lot of that is the product of his environment, his weapons, and his coaching. I really don't think he gets the best coaching with McCarthy or Garrett uh, in the past. And honestly, I think he's above average quarterback that a lot of teams would have. He's led number one offenses in the past statistically. He's had some great seasons. He deserves to be there. Um, I stand by it. Even as an Eagles fan, I stand by it. Um, some other above-average quarterbacks. <laughs> three left in this category that none of you will probably like. But Kirk Cousins here. Say what you want about Kirk. He's had a good st- a good statistical career in Minnesota. I think he's poised to have an even better year this season uh, with his weapons and the team healthy again and with the Packers down. I think he has a good season. He has clear and obvious limitations that propel him from ever being special or elite but he's had a long career in the nfl he's made a ton of money doing so and ultimately you know he's not the best primetime clutch quarterback but he wins football games and now he has weapons to put up numbers um you can make an argument to be an average quarterback i get it but when you see the list of the (laughs) it's more so because when you see the list of the other quarterbacks in like the average below average and get out of here it's like all right like i'd take Kirk cousins over them even though it's just Kirk cousins um so that's kind of the philosophy on that. Um, the other two I have in the end, uh, I have Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts. And everyone's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this list is nonsense. Um, from the Trey Lance perspective, it might be a little premature, but um, and I know he's struggled in camp that I've seen, but he has some physical traits that you can't teach. He's on an amazing roster. Um, we haven't really seen enough yet. Um, this is more of a projection pick. Uh, then, you know, obviously a past resume pick because um, I've voiced my concerns over him before. But the Niners have weapons. They locked down Debo. They got Ayuk. They got Kittle. They got good running backs. And they have a great defense. He's going to be good this year. And I think everyone's going to see why he deserves to be in this above average category um, for what he can do on the field for them. And they will make the playoffs and they will be a good team. And I don't think anyone's going to want to play them down the stretch because they're a tough physical football team that plays the Shanahan way. Um, so I'm excited to see them play, but I think, I think ultimately it's a projection pick and he'll show that he deserves to be here as well. Um, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> bit of a homer pick, but again, when I look down the list at the people below him, I don't want anyone else below him on this list, right? When you see the others <laughs> or think about the others, it's like, I don't really want anyone else below him on this list on my team. Um, he has obviously a great fantasy season last year. He has more weapons now. He can still run the football effectively. He scores a lot of touchdowns in the red zone running the football. If he can take the next step as a passer and have a good year, I think he will be an above-average quarterback You know, as the season goes on. I really do. He'll have his struggles just like some other people in this category. You know, It's it's kind of a controversial list, right? Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Dak, Kirk, Jalen, Trey Lance. Like All six of those guys have controversies or limitations surrounding them. Um 
which limit them from basically being special. Um, but what you know prevents them from going any lower is um, not only because I think some of them have potential or some of them are a little underrated, but more so because the people below them on this list just don't have any hope, <laughs> really, of you know beating these guys out. I would say, in my opinion. Um, moving on to the next tier, the average tier, um, Carson Wentz. Uh, I think he is physically a good quarterback. Obviously, injury is a concern. I think he will have a good year in Washington. He had a good year in Indy. It just got highlighted by an awful loss that kept him out of the playoffs, which really helped blow things out of proportion. Um, so ultimately, I think he is deserving of the average category. Uh, Jameis Winston, um, from what we've seen, obviously can throw a lot of touchdowns, also throws a lot of picks, a lot of questions in the air, which is why I couldn't really put him above Um Although I think maybe with his weapons in New Orleans and a rel- you know relatively stable franchise, he could be an above-average quarterback. But for now, I got to keep him in the average category and wait to see a little bit more from Jameis. Um, I put golf uh, in this category as well. Obviously, limitations, but does okay in Detroit. He has more weapons. I think he's going to be an average quarterback um, right now. Um, you know, now that I'm looking at this, maybe even below average, <laughs> but we have any average, so we'll stick to it. Um, you know, I don't see him winning a Super Bowl anytime soon, but he was on that Rams team that was good. You know, he does good work in Detroit. He has more weapons. I think ultimately he's an average quarterback that you can use for a couple of years to bridge until you find a young guy or you find someone you want to trade for uh, to be the franchise guy. But as far as, you know, Detroit, I think it's a good move for them while they kind of pivot you know, their organizational mindset, Dan Campbell, eat kneecaps, be hungry, run faster, wake up earlier than everybody else mentality, which ultimately people made fun of, but I think it's actually working for Detroit. Um, so I think they can make some waves this year in terms of winning a couple more games than usual. Uh, Mac Jones I have in this category as well. Um, right now, average. I mean, he played well, got into the playoffs. Obviously, they got smoked, but for a rookie quarterback, he's doing well. And in a very limited Patriots system where the coaching, uh, you know, we don't even know who's coaching the offense really at all. Uh, probably Bill, honestly. But, and very limited weapons. I think I read they have like the most expensive combined tight end and wide receiver room. And you can go out in the street and people can't even name two of those people on their team. But they have the most money invested in that room. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. When you see all these stars in the league littered on every team. Um, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he's an average quarterback right now. To a T, um, average, right? He's had good stretches on the Dolphins. Um, still question marks whether he's the guy, but I think he will take the next step forward this year and solidify himself as at least an average quarterback uh, with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. but that'll play itself out as well soon. I have Ryan Tannehill in here as well. He's had a lot of wins with the Titans. Obvious limitations as well. But, you know, running football team. But say what you want. He got the ball to A.J. Brown. They looked good. They've been a competitive team. Maybe not a competitive playoff team, you know, in terms of contending. But they've made the playoffs several years with him. And you can't just throw that out the window, regardless of what you think or what you like about his play style. Um, Matt Ryan. Average. So in terms of his career, I really like Matt Ryan. I like who he is. I like his career. In terms of his career, he has an, a well above average NFL career in terms of wins, stats, things like that. Obviously, he always cooked with Julio and all those guys. Um, almost won a ring after that terrible 28-3 collapse um, that we all know and love. But 
I have him here average just because I think his best days are behind him. I think he will be a good quarterback for the Colts, um, and the Colts will be good. But ultimately, I think he's still limited in his age. Um, you know, he could maybe sneak back into the above average, you know, situation. But I think right now, given his career limitations and his physical limitations, I think average is where he belongs. And ultimately, that's all the Colts need. They just need an average, competent quarterback to not make mistakes, and they'll be a playoff competitive team just based off of how they're built with their young weapons on offense and their strong defense and leadership. Um, so I think that's really all the Colts were looking for is someone to be competent and basically give their chance to team, you know, their team a chance to be competitive in the playoffs. The <laughs> getting out of my favorite categories, the below average category, um, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously one of the best prospects. I think he still has some juice in him. But from what we've seen in Jacksonville, he's below average quarterback. Making a ton of mistakes. Obviously not getting the best coaching. Probably have better coaches at Clemson or in high school. <laughs> but right now he's a below average quarterback. Um, it is what it is. Zach Wilson, same idea. I got to see more. Um, he has some ability to run around, make some throws. But I have to see more from him. Right now he's on the Jets. He got some more weapons. Um, but again, low, you know, below average. Davis Mills, same thing. I'm not ready to write him off and then get out of here category just because he kind of came out of nowhere, had a great starting season in the NFL, and actually made some noise on a pretty traditional, like, terrible team. So, honestly, I'm interested to see what he does this year. Um, so I'm not ready to crap him out and get him out of here, you know, get him out of town. Uh, I kind of want to see more from him and see what he can do. Um, Mariota and Ritter for the Falcons. Um We'll see how that plays out, but ultimately, Mariota, we've seen it. He's a below-average quarterback. He can step in for a couple of games and make some waves and make some moves, as we saw in you know with the Raiders and some other teams, but ultimately, I don't think he's a 17-game starting quarterback. Um, but again, there's guys below him <laughs> that are just, you know, <laughs> worse. <laughs> so that's why he's not in the last category. And then I have Justin Fields in here uh, in the below-average category. Um, I have a lot to, I have a lot to see here. Um, I could be eating my words on this one. He could really step into the limelight in Chicago. I just don't see it. He doesn't have a lot of stuff around him, um, weapons wise and coaching wise and, and just resource wise. So I, I, I kind of, you know, I've been doing some reflecting on this and maybe he could grow and prove me wrong and, and he will grow for sure. But, um, I just, again, some of these younger guys, I just haven't seen enough. And the ones that are in bad situations just will naturally look worse, um, just because you know they have less coaching, less help, less resources, less weapons, they're naturally going to look worse. So until I see more from Justin Fields, he's going to remain in this category. And getting to the last final portion of the show, the get out of town, the get out of here, the nobody wants you, get out of the league category. Um, we're going to start with the obvious. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. I'm out. I'm out. You know. Sam Darnold has some bad spots. Baker's had some bad spots. Um, maybe if they were on a better team, it would be better. I just do not want either of these guys starting for my team now or in the future. They're in my get-out-of-town category. And when you got two of those guys on your team and not one guy to roll with, you're in trouble. I think the Panthers are in trouble. Um, so not going to spend more time on that. You guys know how I feel on the Baker thing uh, as well. Uh, my, I'm really all out of energy on Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, um, the Pittsburgh situation, Trubisky, Pickett, Rudolph. I mean, I don't want to crap on Pickett. He's just kind of there by association. We haven't really seen him, so we'll kind of leave this out of it. But Trubisky and Mason Rudolph, get out of town. 
get out of town. Trubisky can still move. Um, maybe he deserves to be in the below average category, but I'm sticking with it. Um, just the whole situation in Pittsburgh for quarterback is just a mess, which is a shame because the rest of their team is pretty loaded, especially on defense. If they had an average guy in there, they could really make some noise this year. Um, but you know Pittsburgh. They'll probably still find a way to sneak into the playoffs or be relevant down to the last week. I just do not believe in Trubisky or Rudolph being a starting quarterback in the league for more than a couple of years, which is why I have them in the get-out-of-town category um, as well. You know, he was he was the Nickelodeon MVP, so, you know. It's not like he doesn't have any hardware, you know, Trubisky. But um, I just don't see it. I don't. The last two teams, you guys can probably guess, um, two two people I'm just absolutely out on. Drew Locke um, for Seattle was abysmal in Denver. He even had some weapons. And honestly, I thought kind of high of him coming out of the draft and expected him to develop into a pretty solid young quarterback. But from what I've seen, I just can't support it anymore. It's, it's in the get-out-of-town for me, Drew. Sorry. Um, and then, <laughs> last but not least, or you know, probably least, Daniel Jones, right? And you feel bad. His O line has traditionally sucked. He's in a high media, high market area in New York. Um, he can run a little bit. He has his moments on Sunday Night Football, um, but I mean, we've seen enough. How much more do you need to see? He makes too many mistakes, too many turnovers. He's just not a winning quarterback, and he just screams traditional, you know, backup to me. You know, so um, there's my list. You know, you got the elite guys, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady. The special category with something to prove. Uh, maybe have a little bit on their resume already, but, you know, I need to see more in the playoffs. Um, Lamar, Russell, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, Stafford, Justin Herbert. The above average where, yeah, you got some skill or you've been a starting quarterback for a long time, um, but just haven't got done in the playoffs or have some physical limitations or some, you know, that I've seen a little, but I want to see more. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Kyler, Dak, Kirk, Jalen, Trey Lance, the average category, uh, Matt Ryan, Taney, Tupa T, Mac Jones, Goff, Jameis, Carson, below average, Davis, Longneck, Mills, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mario, Justin Fields, and the get out of town, nobody wants you, get out of here category, Trubisky slash Rudolph, Baker slash Darnold, Drew Locke, and Daniel Jones. These are the quarterback tiers that I've come up with. Um, ultimately, we'll be some fluidity as the season goes as people go up and down this list um, but this is where I see kind of heading into the season and the outlook that I see for this season um, but ultimately exciting stuff cannot wait for the NFL as usual um, happy to be here with everybody today on the pod keep the messages the fan mail coming through the Instagram I will answer again on the show uh, your questions and next pod coming up soon again spread the love spread the joy we're almost here it's football season. It's preseason time. College football right around the corner, too. Couldn't be a better, more exciting time right now. So amped up. Ready to go. See you all next time. Peace.